Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Fast Money starts right now, live from the Nasdaq market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lee. Your traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Karen Feinerman, Brian Kelly, and Dan Nathan. Tonight on Fast, it's the Apple avalanche, the bombshell earnings report taking down tech today. And there's something happening in the sector that could spell more trouble ahead. Plus, cat claws back. Shares of the industrials giant soaring 8% this year, but the chartmaster says don't trust the dead cat bounce. But we start off with the trade war whiplash after three days of bliss. Without dropping triple digits in what was a dramatic day on the street after every headline on trade moved the market. So let's go to the man who moved the markets today, Eamon Javers, covering all the action out of the White House. Hi, Eamon. Yeah, hi, Melissa. It was a wild one today. All sorts of messages uh, coming from the White House and sources familiar with the White House, and including uh, mixed messages here from Larry Kudlow, the head of the National Economic Council, and the man he works for, President Trump. Here's Larry Kudlow suggesting uh, that they might not be very close to a deal, and also the president suggesting that they might be. Here's what they said. We're doing a normal, routine uh, run-through of things that we've already put together and normal preparation, okay? There's no mass movement. There's no huge thing. We're not on the, on the cusp of a deal. We've had very good discussions with China. We're getting much closer to doing something. They very much want to make a deal. As you know, their economy went way down since we've been doing this skirmish. Uh, I spoke with President Xi yesterday. They very much want to make a deal. So there you heard Larry Kudlow saying we're not on the cusp of a deal in terms of trade with the Chinese. But then when I asked the president uh, when he was leaving the White House earlier this afternoon, he said we're making progress and we're much closer to a deal. So which is it? Three senior administration officials tell me privately uh, that there is no stepped-up negotiation behind the scenes with the Chinese. There is no indication of any imminent deal on trade with China. But there are the normal talks that uh, are going on at all times, the normal sort of preparation that you have uh, in any case for any scenario. All that's happening. But nothing of increased intensity that would give anybody the sense that anything's happening anytime soon, Melissa. So then what was the president talking about, Amy? I mean, I understand that you can't ask that to him. But I mean, according to those three senior administration officials, you know, I, I wonder what they say. Is Trump exaggerating the truth that they are outlining to you? Well, I think you saw Larry Kudlow laying it out pretty directly on camera on the record, right? I mean, uh, what Larry Kudlow said is we're not on the cusp of a deal. Uh, the president has got other considerations in mind, right? He's trying to set a tenor uh, going into the midterm elections on Tuesday. He's trying to set a tenor in terms of the negotiations with the Chinese. He's trying to send a signal uh, to the markets as well. So he's got a lot of audiences out there uh, that he's trying to message and get messages to. So I think... That's part of what's going on here, but it's a real disconnect. There's no question about it. All right. Eamon, thank you. Eamon you Javers bet. at the White House. Well, as the market tries to digest where we stand with China, it's not the only thing stressing out Wall Street. Strong jobs numbers today, essentially ensuring the Fed will keep on hiking. And of course, we're just days away from the midterms, which could prove to be a major market event. But will a trade deal trump the other headlines? 
spark a rally. Tim. Well, you know, so talk about a trade deal if you don't have a trade deal. Going into midterm seems to be what, what's been going on, except for the fact that it also makes no sense to me that it isn't a trade a aggressive trade policy against China and the rest of the world, part of what he's trying to appeal to the voters on, and in fact, what he ran on. So it, it, it's a little perverse to me. Wouldn't you be focusing on one of the best job numbers we've had ever? Okay, you're talking about payrolls. You have wage gains today that are peaked right now going into midterm elections, up 3.1%. Best wages since 2008. So that would what I would be focused he on. Did, he did. He did focus on why, that. Okay, but, but it, it seems to be about massaging also this trade rhetoric yeah. to almost thread the needle and say, we're tough, we're tough, we're going to get a deal. But in fact, you know, we may or may not have it. Bottom line, rates are up at 321 on the 10-year. I think that's actually the bigger issue for the market. We talked about the Fed. I think the Fed is in play. And I think that's what investors are most nervous about here. The, the economy is not falling off a cliff. I think that... First of all, I don't believe him on the trade, right? I, I just you believe what Cudlow. I believe what Cudlow's saying. I believe there saying. could be, maybe there'll be some constructive conversations. I believe that could happen. I don't believe that it's really looking good before Tuesday that they're good. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But I do think that if they do have a trade deal, that the Fed is freer to keep raising mm -hmm. because that headwind will be out. I, and I think right. that wouldn't be that would be okay. So it's a push pull for the markets then. Yes, it'll be a positive that there's a trade deal, but it'll be a negative. It would be the a negative Fed because the problem is the way the market is set up right now. The market is telling you they think the Fed is making a policy error. We can argue whether it is or it isn't, but the market is saying if the Fed continues to raise rates, it's a policy error, and that's not great for stocks. So we need this trade deal. We need positive news on this trade deal to offset those macro headwinds. Yeah, so I would just say this, that there's no deal coming. I mean, not, not, in, not in the month of November. We know that he set this dinner date uh, with President Xi on November 30th down in Argentina. Maybe they'll have some nice beef off a stick. You know yeah, how they right. do that. Empanadas, at yeah, maybe you know. Something right. like that. Um, but it's just not happening. And the, the bigger issue right now is this forced technology transfer. And that's not something you're going to fix over an Argentine steak. Um, so this is going to take some time. I, I would just say or as far as, stick. as, yeah, far yeah. as the markets are yeah. concerned, I mean, listen, we have the S&P that is down 6, 6.5% or something like that. It's still up on the year. Um, let's fix those big issues. Let's fix it at a time when we're seeing really great economic data and the economy, our economy has dis. Uh, connected a little bit from Europe, uh, from Asia. There's been weak uh, data in Asia. So I don't really have a whole heck of a lot of problem with it, except that I think that makes some kind of undermines our uh, negotiating position when you have the back and forth that we had all day today. All right. So we've, we've gone through pretty much almost all of earnings season. The earnings were good, but the mm -hmm. markets didn't really respond to that per se. We had a strong jobs number, but we seem to be moving intraday on every single trade headline. So at this point, how do you trade this market? And do you think that seasonality will come and actually save the day? Earnings didn't save the day. Strong jobs numbers didn't save the day. Can seasonality save the day? Well, look, we, we've gotten all these numbers. We've also talked about seasonality in, in a, an election year. And, you know, but you know, I'm not going to just buy into that it has to float up until, until the end of the year. Because, again, I, I look at where we have come from with this market. I look at where we are in a absolutely unique time in terms of what global central banks are doing in terms of an absolute unique time of where they gave so much liquidity that they have to take back. Uh, I think that the S&P is not terribly cheap. I may be in the minority here. I also think I don't think we're going to do 170 next year, which is a 7% rise in earnings. If we don't do that, I think stock markets have some choppier sledding to go. I'm not telling you we're falling off a cliff, but the market's anxiety here is not going to be alleviated in the next couple of weeks. I think we actually trade this way for most of the year. Yeah, so for me, it's watching the dollar. Right? The dollar is the 
new VIX in this environment. And we saw it today, intraday, when Europe came out, or the ECB was rumored that, you know what, they might extend QE a little bit by trying to support Italy. The dollar ripped, euro went down, and the stock market fell off. So if you're looking at this and trying to get the noise of the trade deal or a supposed trade deal out of the way, you have to watch the dollar. Dollar up, bad. Dollar down, good. Simple as that. Uh, and then it, then it goes back to what does that dollar do for emerging market economies? What does it do to their currencies? What does it do to the notion that our economy has decoupled? At what least does it do in to the our corporate term? earnings? Right. right. I, I mean, listen, you know, you talked about Apple earnings. talked about this. How right. about a $2, $2 billion, billion dollar hit based yeah. upon so, 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 And I think that's a really important point. I mean, a lot of sectors in the, in the U.S. market are clearly in correction. Some are in bear markets, some of the most economically sensitive ones. And I think there's a lot of churning going on. I know we're going to talk about the mega caps um, because those are really the ones I think from here on out, especially as we go the into MAGA third, caps, the, the MAGA, MAGA, yeah. we'll MAGA, talk about MAGA, MAGA caps uh, and the MAGA but caps. They're going to dictate oh, how uh, 2019 like goes. And I just want to, guys, one quick reminder. Since 2002, there's been one year that the stock market has been down, and that was 2008. That's it. So there could be a red year in the S&P in the offing. And, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of focus on whether or not the bull run is over, whether or not the bull market is over. But really, for investors, the question is, is it going to be easier or harder in the next six two months to a year to make money. Is this environment easier or harder than the prior six to 12 months? What do you think the answer is well, in your view? Uh, to me, it's easier to make money when stocks move on their own idiosyncratic news. Uh-huh. However, that's not what's been happening, right? They all move together now. That makes it, to me, much, much harder because then you just got to be a market timer. That's not my thing. I'm not good at it. There's one last thing, though. I think we do have retail earnings out yet, still right. to come. That could be one bright spot, but I still think that trade and the Fed are the overwhelming factors. Yeah, I just think we are, we are stuck in this range. And, and ultimately, you have this case where um, the biggest stocks that have been carrying us look like the jury is still out. And, and I think that's really the dynamic for the market. We, we've been now really drifting aimlessly for much of 2018. And, and to, so your question is, is it worse in the next six to 12 months with out of free kind of put by the Fed and other central banks. It, it, by well, that's the key because that's what's changed, right? I mean, it's been easy since 2009 to just right. simply ride this market up because the Fed was pumping liquidity. Every central bank in the world. Now that process is reversing. It's going to make it more difficult. Again, it doesn't mean the world has to fall apart, but it is going to be make, it's going to make it more difficult. You have to be more tactical as a trader. You don't have to be a day trader, but even in your 401k or IRA, you have to be a little more tactical over the next six months than you have been for the last six years. Yeah, I think it's really important to remember that, you know, we had a rolling credit crisis. So we came out of 2009 and it looked like things were okay, but then it quickly moved to Europe. And, and, you know, we had a lot of issues in Asia at certain points. And though there were plenty of the sectors that we're talking about right now that were in correction here in the U.S. um, that were in correction, that were in bear markets over the last seven, eight years. And here we are much higher in the S&P at 2750 or something like that. I think what's different this time around is the point that we don't have that Fed put. We are um, you know, that we do have a 10-year at 3.2. We have a dollar that's at multi-year highs. Um, multinationals did tell us that the globe is a problem. Apple just told us last night. So to me, we could be, this chop in 2018 could look more like a topping process than a range-bound thing to break out of. So just quickly, biggest trades this week that you did? Uh, yeah, I faded some strength. I faded some strength in Starbucks today. I talked to you, I faded a little bit of strength. And again, for, for a GM, which is, it's all on relative. Um, that's Maybe consistent with what people are saying, being tactical, I, I, I'd still like both of those companies. All right, coming up. The tech wreck rages on as Apple gets crushed, taking down the entire sector, but could now be your best chance to buy the stock. Plus, Tesla CEO Elon Musk admitting 
He may have been wrong about his wild tweets, but the stock is doing something that tells a very different story. We will explain. We're live from Times Square in New York City. Fast Money, just getting started. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Welcome back to Fast Money. Watch out below because there is an Apple avalanche on the street. The stock is down more than 7% following a shocking earnings report. It's taking the rest of the sector along with it. Bob Pisani is at the NYSE. Bob. Hi, Melissa. In addition to issues about trade in the Fed, the market is grappling with what I call a mega cap tech problem. In the slow growth world we're in, investors were willing to pay anything for growth, and they did, and that's why Fang stocks got so big. How big? Even with the recent declines, the five FANG stocks plus Microsoft are 50% of the Nasdaq 100. Five stocks, 50% of an index of 100 companies. But now, with some signs of growth elsewhere and potentially slower growth issues emerging with Amazon and Facebook and now even Apple, you've got a problem. Since the market started fluttering on October 3rd, the so-called MAGA stocks, that's Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Apple, the four biggest names in the Nasdaq 100. They've gone from a combined market cap of $3.7 trillion to a little over $3.3 trillion. That's a loss of over $400 billion, or about 12% of their market cap. That's a lot. This is not really surprising, though. None of these are startups. And as they mature, they're moving towards slower, steadier growth. Apple seems almost certain to grow more slowly, given what looks like a top in iPhone sales. Facebook elsewhere is stumbled, but it still has a lot of potential avenues for growth, and sales expectations are very healthy into 2020. The biggest problem is Amazon. Even with its recent decline, it's still sporting a P.E. ratio of 62 based on 2019 earnings. The S&P is about 15, but the bills are arguing that revenues are growing nearly 25% a year. That's amazing for a company with an $800 billion market cap. Back to you, Melissa. All right. Thank you so much, Bob Pisani at the NYSE. I, I didn't realize how quickly MAGA caught on. That might have been one of the most glorious segments in a glorious 25-year <laughs> career by Bob Pisani. Dan Pisani's. is a leader so in the market. I just want to say that. I had no idea. For that occasion, we thought it would be a good time to play. Trade it or fade it. That's right. MAGA style. Uh, Since Ty isn't here, we can forego the rules. Everybody knows how to play. I feel like we've been out out a lot of games lately. I think this is, it's 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 fun. It's It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Games. Um, All right, Dan, you created the MAGA trade. The father of MAGA. So let's start with you, (laughs) Microsoft trader fan. (laughs) So good. All right, so, you know, it's really interesting. What Bob just said about Amazon, he actually said they have a valuation problem. It's interesting. A lot of the old Fang names that we disregarded, that Kramer disregarded Fang the other day. I think he said he wishes he never came up with it, okay? So, Kramer, you got MAGA. But you don't wish you never came up with MAGA, do you? Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Microsoft. He was talking about Amazon's valuation. Microsoft is very good chance that we see fiscal 2019 uh, earnings estimates come down. If that's the case, this stock trading at 24 times um, right now is really expensive. So, to me, one of the linchpins of that better than expected quarter was uh, better than expected PC growth. I just don't why do you see think it. it why this do you one, think I think you fade it. I think you fade it on value. Why do you think the earnings come down? I'm, I'm confused. Because this, this is of all the guys we talked about, they have seemingly the most predictable core business. Then their cloud business seems to be growing. They're in gaming. You know, that seems to be the most defendable 
right. uh, top so, line. So what did or Microsoft bottom. or what did Apple just tell us about the dollar impact? These guys get you know more than half their sales from overseas. A lot of their growth going forward. We don't have a very clear picture about enterprise spending, and that's something. You know what? I'm, I mean, Tim, yeah, I, do, do I need to Tim explain this well, all I, to you, Tim? You, I mean, I should have said. Are you trading? Are you trading? I would fade it. Let me ask you something, Dan, though. <laughs> we talked about PC sales. It's interesting to me that Michael Dell wants to take back Dell now. You would think he would have a pretty good, has had a pretty yeah. good pretty good handle of, of that. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, he did 20 years ago. I, I just don't know. It doesn't seem like a very clear thing, and there's a lot of investors who would kind of take issue with his strategy over the last 10 years. Let's move to the A in MAGA, mm. the first A in MAGA. Yeah. That would be Amazon. BK, first traded a or faded? Yeah, for me, I'm going to go yeah. right out and say you want to fade this one. And it's not so much that I dislike Amazon, but if you think that Microsoft's expensive, Amazon is extremely expensive. And yes, I know they have their growth, but this goes back to being tactical in this market. We've had a nice little bounce off the bottom. It, it looks like it's in a short-term downtrend here. I want to fade any rip on Amazon. All right, let's go to the G in MAGA, and that would be Google or Alphabet. Tim, trade it or fade it? I know how to play this game. I would trade this name. I think look, of, of all of MAGA that Dan has coined, God bless me, you should write an op-ed about this. Um, I do think this is the most defendable Evaluation and, and while I've talked about GDPR and I try to bring up the issues that I think they have with data privacy, I think Google, to me, has multiple levers. They have $4 billion businesses packed under that roof. I like Google. Tim, I think they've suffered a lot. are you reading your own op-eds on CNBC.com? <laughs> I mean, like, listen, there is something I that I think about. I that, that is evil that issues. lies beneath $1,000 in this stock. So and would, I don't think I, I'm, I'm fading it. I'm thank fading. you. Easy, let's move on to the second A in MAGA, and that would be Apple. Karen, uh -huh. trade it or fade it? Oh, God, it's really a weak trade it. I mean, I am long it, so if I went home long it, then I got to say I'd trade it. But, I, you know, it's with a very short leash. I really I didn't love the earnings last night, and I really didn't love both the new metrics and the way they introduced the new metrics. We'll get used to them because we have to. We'll have no choice. But I didn't love that. I, I just think that it, it depends on your timeline here. I think. I thought yesterday's announcement was not about the numbers. It was absolutely about the guidance for a company that I think is still a hardware company. That's what bothers me. I think in the short run, you've got to fade this. Uh, I, I'm long the stock, so by, I'm not selling it tomorrow. I think tactically, you fade this. One. And they mentioned strength in dollar, weakness in EM. That's going to continue based on what I see out there. So you fade it as well. I don't think you buy any of them. I think they're all going to be down 20% wait, wait. at one point all from the high. All of MAGA all is going to be down You're down on MAGA. You're anti-MAGA. MAGA has always been the key. MAGA has been the key to this market. It was the only thing holding it up about a month ago, and it's the thing that obviously takes it down back towards those lows. All right. For more on tech and Apple's big fall, fade all of MAGA, says Dan. Go to CNBC.com. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. Here's what else is coming up on Fast. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. Actually, it's a cat. Shares of the industrial giant are soaring this week. But the chartmaster says, don't trust the bounce. He will explain. Plus, it's fair to say I would probably not have tweeted some of the things I tweeted. That was mm -hmm. probably unwise. No kidding. But Elon Musk tweets may not have done as much damage to Tesla as you think. There's much more fast money right after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow. 
today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. It tends to end up being like a mood, to some degree, a mood, sure. a mood thermometer. Mm-hmm. So it's like the stock goes down, people are sad and feel undercompensated. And then when the stock goes up, people are exuberant, overly exuberant. Um, and Normal. Yeah, you get distracted thinking about what you're going to buy. Right, right. <laughs> so, like, neither of these things are great. So, and when you have big movements of the stock, um, this just causes a distraction. That was Tesla CEO Elon Musk talking with Recode's Kara Swisher in a podcast released this morning. Shares of the electric automaker have been on a roller coaster ride, but despite the recent market turmoil, the stock is up 15% in a month. Tesla shares also uh, briefly broke above the 347 level, which is where it was before Musk's infamous funding secure tweet back in August. So will it be a smooth road ahead now for Tesla? He did sound like a grown-up. He did sound a little bit. I mean, the rebound in the stock is the fact that Musk is still there. I mean, the worst thing for this stock would have been that he actually couldn't be the CEO or couldn't be driving the bus on this one. So that's why the stock's up. I don't think it's necessarily going to be very smooth sailing. Well, well, I mean, they made money. Quarter, yeah, that was was, huge. The quarter was big, and I think on this on that podcast, did he also say that he didn't think they would need to? Uh, they think they're going to be profitable right. for every quarter from now on, uh-huh. and that they do not, do not need, need money to raise money. Yeah, right. So that's, they do not need money. If See, that's that, the case, that's big. Yeah. The irony for me is that that statement is extraordinary, and it and if accurate. I'm not even say if true. In other words, if this is truly what's going to happen, um, the stock should be moving higher. Um, the best thing for Tesla also is, it, is that it's not in Dan's magazine. The stock magnet. should be moving higher <laughs> today or the stock should have moved we'll, higher? I, I, think, we'll, I think the stock will continue to move higher if okay. that's absolutely true. But I don't think the, the I think the jury is still out whether that's accurate. But yes, I, I, I think based upon that, this stock would have been a lot higher than it is today based upon that release and based upon that reaffirmation. Okay, so here's the deal. I listened to this podcast. It was a fabulous interview. Yeah. I, he, I think he did a very good job. I think Kara asked him a lot of tough questions, but here's the first takeaway. In the first 20 minutes, this is all you need to do. He's, he talked about on numerous occasions how every U.S. auto company other than Ford has gone bankrupt during recessions. How far do you think we are from a, a recession here in America, and how long do you think that 18 people... 18 months. Well, okay. If so I look at the MAGA stocks, pretty soon. <laughs> okay. I'm just, <laughs> but, but I'm I'm just saying, saying. Is, you know, this, this story, if they don't raise capital before that recession comes, and we don't have people buying mass market electric vehicles for evil. 60 grand, this company's in trouble then. It's just that simple. And, you know, all the power to him for running this thing and trying to trade into the electric grid and, you know, all this sort of stuff. But he's got... He's... The clock is ticking here. So throw the T in MAGA. I was going to say MAGA. Yeah. It might be MAGA now. MAGA. MAGA. Fade it all. Says Dan. Pun Tim, intended. final trade. Yeah, look, I think the home improvement space is still alive and well. Sherwin-Williams is another way to play that. SHW. Karen. Yes, I do believe in the retail. I do believe in the consumer in the retail space. Michael Kors reports, I believe, on Tuesday. BK. Oil doesn't look so good to BK. I think you'd be selling some XLE. 
Dan, the father of MAGA, what do yeah, you say? Yeah, so must feel proud today going into midterms. regarding China today from our government was horrible. That being said, I think we have all the leverage. I think China is going to continue to be under pressure until there's a deal. So I think you sell FXI, stick around for OA, we're going to trade it. Oh, what a tease. That doesn't press around fast. See you back here on Monday at 5. Don't move. Options action starts right after this break. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.